What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode number 25 of the Mac Geeks podcast. Sorry about getting started a couple minutes late, a couple technical difficulties, uh, but we got it all sorted out and we are ready to go. So, tonight, uh, we obviously last weekend had a couple events go on. Uh, Going to be jumping into what happened last weekend and what better way to do that than to bring on one of the guys that's responsible for actually putting on one of the events last weekend. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Mr. Joe Wedra from UNC. He's the director of ops over at UNC. How's it going, Joe? Doing good, Jacob. Thanks for having me on. It's funny. I've had so many of our student athletes on. Now actually uh, getting to chat with you is kind of fun, so I appreciate it. Yeah, no, absolutely. You've uh, you've been awesome, man. Every time I reach out, like I swear, just I got the person, whoever it is, like five minutes later. Um mm-hmm. It's been great. So I appreciate you working with me and, you know, even letting me uh, talk to all these guys. Hey, I know, first of all, they love it. It's so much, you know, I mean, our sport, it's great to have the coverage. And I think that's one of the biggest things. But, you know, we just, I mean, we appreciate you. A sport of wrestling, and I, we talked about this a little bit before, but we're on all hands on deck sport. You know, it's our, it's what we do. We just kind of do what we need to do to keep promoting our sport and, and the great student athletes that are in it. So happy I can play even a small role in that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you've you've been awesome for me, and, and I just, you know, I do this in my basement uh, I have to have fun, just something to do, and like you said, promote the sport. Anything I can do to help is great, um, but honestly, it's just it's a lot of fun for me getting to talk to all these guys and get insight into, you know, how their minds work and all that kind of stuff, so um, I'm I'm more excited, though, to, to talk to you a little bit about the guy behind the scenes that's all made it work, because um you you were a huge part in uh, putting this event last weekend together right this Tar Heel Wrestling Club open uh the first one there there's going to be others so um I just want to start off from the from the top and actually I forgot congratulations on being nominated for SID of the year so thank you I appreciate that it's a great uh there's gosh there's the SID community is is tight and there's so many daggum really good SIDs so that was really cool I got to see that on Friday and just a testament to everyone at UNC. Uh, they do a great job, and, you know, I, I just love promoting them, love working with them, and it's really the, the job of a lifetime. I have a blast with it, and people think I'm crazy for loving it, but I love it, couldn't love it anymore. So I appreciate that, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, you do a fantastic job. Obviously, you know, I've I've kept up with you, but, you know, obviously it's good to see that you're actually getting a little bit of credit yourself because – um, I think it's good to show, you know, the guys behind the scenes that are making everything actually run, uh, getting a little bit of credit. So that's pretty cool. But I- I'm interested because I don't think I've ever asked, how did you actually get into the gig you're in now? That's a great question. Um, we don't have all night, but I, um, I know it's funny. People ask me that a lot. I never wrestled, uh, never have ever stepped foot on a mat. Uh, competitively and I always say thank god I did not wrestle because I was one not built for it and two it's just the craziest and I I wasn't built for it Um, but I've learned to love it Uh, I I, I interned uh, in UNC sports communication department sports information department for uh, two years when I was an undergrad and my senior year I went up to Bobby Hundley at the time who was the SID uh, for UNC wrestling I said Bobby you know I'm going into my senior year really looking to just, I think this is something I want to do. I really love baseball. Like, what do you think about maybe me helping out with baseball, like football, UNC basketball would be awesome. And I go in there and he's like, well, he's like, well, we got wrestling. 
he was like, I, I've really been looking for someone to kind of take care of wrestling. I think it would be a good sport for a student and kind of looked at him and I was like, really? Like, that's, that's it, huh? That's the sport you want me to take. And, and he said, yeah, you know, I really could use some help. And I said, okay, like, I, I'm going to tell you, I don't, don't know much about it. Um, just going to be honest with you, but I'm willing to, willing to give it a shot. I wanted to do anything and just kind of fell into it, man, and, and fell in love with it really quickly. I think anyone in our sport kind of knows the effect that the sport can have on you. And it really is a, one of those things that pulls you in and just kind of keeps you and grips you. And I fell in love. It, it was a learning curve for sure. I remember the first tournament I went to was the Hokie Open, which I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with. It's such a crazy – you got 16 mats out at once. And so Coleman and Tony, they took me to the Hokie Open, and I was just supposed to run social media. And I didn't think it would be that hard of a job. I was like, all right, this will be simple. And it was just chaos, you know, how those tournaments are. It was just people running around everywhere, and this was pre-COVID, right? So it's just packed. You got every everybody inside. And I was just – it was shocked to me. It was such an overload. And – um you know, it was the first time I really watched competitive wrestling before. So I uh, it was the first match and I was doing okay. But the one thing that stands out is just how I was so, I didn't know what the sport was and I didn't really realize how difficult it was. It was one of the first matches I was watching and I turned our team chaplain, coach Bobby Schreiner was there and, and someone was on bottom and they were getting ridden for a little bit. And I just turned to coach and I was like, coach, why doesn't he just get up? Like, like why doesn't he just, just get up? And he's like, oh man, you got, you got a long way to go. So I eventually learned my way through that first year, and then I got a full-time job offer from Coleman after the season. So that was great, and couldn't love the sport anymore. And now it's all I do. So yeah, well, that's I think it's crazy because you're not the first person I met that's in wrestling media that didn't wrestle. Um, uh, Dan Ward over at Ward Wrestling Live never wrestled, and his son got into it, and that's how he's here today. Um, and I think it's. Obviously, it's awesome that, you know, we have people coming into the sport later in life and loving it as much as some of us do that have been doing it for forever. Um, so I think that's it's a really cool aspect. I think there's, I don't know, there's just nothing like it, man. Wrestling's awesome. But um, also another thing that I pulled out of that was the going to, you had to go to the tournament and actually, like, keep up on social media. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't envy that one bit because I follow the social medias, you know, at the Hokie Open. And it's like, there's a tweet like every two seconds. And it's this, you know, detailed tweet about, you know, this guy's on this mat, got this tech and this many seconds. And and like, I honestly, I have no idea how you keep up with it. So it's, yeah, it was, it was definitely, it's still a learning curve, man. Every day I still am learning something new, but I will say Tony Ramos kind of gave me a crash course kind of on our way there. I'll never forget we were on the bus and he was just, I was still in that learning curve. You know, I was still like, gosh, why am I not at a baseball tournament? Like, that's what I know. I, I, was, still, I was almost a little upset. And he just kind of sat with me and kind of gave me the, the lay of the land and pretty much everything I needed to know. Uh, and it worked. But, yeah, there's nothing like, especially the Hokie Open. I mean, yeah. gosh, it's, it's wild. So that's always a challenge. But we got a great staff around me. Tony, as you know, is just so great and welcoming to anyone. And he knew that. I was going to be wide-eyed when I got there, and he knew what was about to come at me, so he was trying to help me out a little bit. So that was that was much appreciated. Yeah, he's awesome, man. I mean, and yeah. from my perspective, I've been a wrestling fan, you know, forever growing up, and so he's one of the one of my first. I was always an Iowa fan growing up, and so he was one of my favorite guys growing up. And I think it's still wild. I'm still a little starstruck talking to him, but at the same time, he's not the dude I thought he was going to be because he was yeah. so intense on the mat. And then you talk to him off the mat, and he's like the nicest family guy. Like, 
he's coming over laughing, showing us pictures of his kids and everything. I mean, uh, he's great dude. Um, but yeah, man. So I'm a little interested because obviously you're, you're kind of being recognized a little bit. Um, and the, the social media has been incredible over there at UNC. And I know that's not your only job, but that's, you know, part of it. Not only did you get the nomination for SID of the year, but you also, um, there was, I can't remember who it was. Somebody put out like the, the rankings of the social media pages. I can't remember exactly who it came from. Is that like orange app, orange Twitter, whatever it was. Um, but UNC was in like the top five of college wrestling. And I can't remember exactly where it was, but, uh, obviously getting a lot of attention and a lot of, you know, you're doing really good work. So what I'm curious about it is what's your mission personally moving forward for UNC wrestling? Yeah, well, I appreciate it. I think the biggest thing um, for us, and, and I say us because I am such a small part in it, we have built a tremendous team, and that actually includes Tony Ramos, who on the side does most of our graphics, which I, I want to point out because he's just, the dude will send me graphics at like 11 o'clock at night because he just loved it so much. So Tony's a big part of it. Uh, Jenna Miller, who does so many photos for us, does such a great job. Uh, the UNC Athletic Communications Department, Creative Services. I mean, it's an all-hands-on-deck process. And it's really, for me, it's just special, Jacob, because I get to work around these guys every single day. And, and you know it because you're in the sport. And I have seen it over the last couple of years where they just work so hard. They work their tails off every single day. And I've never been around a sport that – Everyone, everyone works hard from the top to bottom. I don't care if you're a student athlete, a coach, a support staff member. Wrestling will will kick you out quick if you don't work hard. And it, it's just been so cool for me to see. And so being able to be on site all the time, I mean, I'm, I'm there every day through it all. And I get to see probably more than most how much goes in to a wrestling season for these guys. It's not just one time on the map. You know, it's not just one dual meet at Virginia Tech. It's not you know, one time at the ACC tournament, it's the, the brutal days in May when they're training and they don't want to be training. It's the Saturday nights that I go into the facility and I, you know, ultimately I'm going in to get a workout on my own at nine, 10 o'clock at night. And I see guys in there cutting weight and it's just really incredible um, for me to see that. So it's been special. And, and I think kind of off of that, my mission really has just been to showcase that, you know, it's all, it's all I want to do. I want to show people how hard wrestlers work. Um, I want to show them what our coaching staff does on a daily basis. I mean, how incredible Coleman is, Tony is, Jamil, Gary, uh, Coach Monday with the Toyota Wrestling Club. Everyone just works so hard. And for me, I just would love for people to see that. And, and if I can play even the smallest role in showing people what goes into it on a daily basis, um, you, you know, for me, it's it's all worth it. So uh, I really want to just showcase our guys, showcase our coaches, and and really do them what they deserve and give them what they deserve in terms of content and, and exposure. And it's just a lot of fun for me to be able to do that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, I, I've never been around another sport or anything in general where, where everybody works as hard as they do. Um, it's something really cool about what we got, what we got going on in wrestling in general. Um, but yeah, man, so getting into the event, obviously there's a lot of, a lot of cool aspects of the event. Um, you know, first being best commentators in the sport, um, Absolutely, but, but uh, we, you guys put on, you know, an event with all of these new events popping up, right? We're having all these new pro cards, and you guys jumped in on that rather quickly. Uh, not only did you do that, but you put in the the first ever women's headliner, right? So up until now, 
we haven't had we've had women's matches on the car but it's usually kind of like one that's on the prelims um but nobody's ever really committed to having a highlight match being a, a women's match and so that was obviously a big deal but just before we even ask about that you know, how did the genesis of the event come about and you know what all went into putting this event on yeah it was really cool for me to be able to see uh, not from the sidelines necessarily, but just throughout the process, getting to see the entire staff, how their minds work and saying, hey, this is something we want to do. This is something we want to put on to ultimately, like we were talking about earlier, promote our sport. What a great opportunity this is going to be to to give guys opportunity to wrestle. And that was really, you know, from the start, that was, you know, Tony and Coleman and, and everyone on staff's mindset was, hey, let's put on something that's going to give great opportunities for our sport and give these you know, athletes an ability to compete in a very strange year in a very strange time. Uh, and, and that was really neat to see, you know, they got together and had a couple meetings about it. And, um, you know, Tony Coleman, the rest of the staff, they just took off running. You know how wrestling people are when they have something in their minds, it's all right, we're going to do it. There's no other option. Let's do it. And so that was really neat to see just, they had the idea of, Hey, we want to promote our sport. We want to give guys opportunities and we want to put on an event and, once that was kind of in their minds, there was there was no stopping them, and it was just fun to to watch them throughout that process. Yeah, oh for sure. Um, it, it was it was such a great event. I mean, it, it's it's just wild to see how things have evolved because I'm so used to you know going into a gym with hundreds thousands of people and you know matches going on. It's wild. It's loud. Uh, I mean, the UNC NC State duel last year, and then now we got. You know, the world's changing, obviously, and, and we're in this crazy time. But now we've got wrestling matches going on in this small room that's barely this bigger. It's barely bigger than the mat, right? Mm -hmm. um, there was, like, barely enough space for, for the tables on the side, which I thought was super cool. Um, it was definitely a different vibe, and it was, I mean, it was awesome. But you guys put on a fantastic event, and obviously there's so much that goes in behind the scenes with that and you know one thing i also wanted to ask was obviously y'all have the the Tar Heel wrestling club on rockfin um and there's other avenues to go right we ended up going with fight tv um there's flow wrestling there's probably other promotions out there um what all went into and, and for me it came down to when i heard about it it was either going i thought it was going to be on rockfin right because you already have the channel there uh, but what went into the choice to go with fight Sure. No, I mean, that was something that really Tony spearheaded and headed up and, and decided that that was the direction we wanted to go in for this. And it was really neat to see because, you know, obviously you explore all of your options and figure out what's going to be best. And uh, he had multiple conversations and just kind of realized that, hey, fight, this is going to be a really good potential for us to put on an event that uh, will get some good exposure. Like I said, be, be good for the guys wrestling, be good for the sport. And you know, ultimately it really was, I think fight turned out to be uh, a really good platform. We're definitely thankful uh, for that. And it's just neat. I mean, you have the a week before our event, right? I mean, look, look at, look at the boxing match they put on a week before our event. And then you're kind of broadcasting on the same platform. So yeah. really unique time for everything right now, but especially, you know, that, that broadcast um, element of things, it's really neat to see. So it was a good, good opportunity for us. And I'm, I'm really happy with how it turned out and really thankful that um, it went the way it did. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, I mean, it turned out fantastic. It was a great event. There was great wrestling. Um, I mean, I, I think 
know, obviously being there, I think everything kind of seemed to go with that hitch. There wasn't really anything that ever happened that was, you know, an uh-oh moment. Um, so, I mean, it went great. But another thing that's important is the matchmaking, obviously. There's some, some big matches that went in. Obviously, you had uh, the headliner, which was Bruntill versus uh, Kilty, right? And so yeah. that was the number six and the number five ranked women in the nation uh, in their weight class. And so that was a huge matchup. We also had uh, Dean Heil and Austin O'Connor, which was another huge one because, obviously, if you're a college wrestling fan, if you're a Carolina wrestling fan especially, you know that Austin O'Connor is one of the best in the nation at his weight. He could have easily been a national champion right now um, and then wrestling uh, a two-time national champ. A plethora of other great matchups too. So what all went into the actual matchmaking and who really like led the charge on the matchmaking? Yeah, that was really an all-hands-on-deck thing, which was really cool. It was great to see our staff do that. Uh, Tony reaching out, Coleman reaching out, Jamil, everybody just really saying, all right, what are, what are great matches that we can put on? But again, I, I think the one thing I keep coming back to is just what, what a great opportunity to give an opportunity to these wrestlers, right? In such a strange time, you know, how cool is it to be able to say, hey, you want to come wrestle? You know, you want to – we know it's been a strange year. We know this is something that hasn't necessarily been normal for any of us, but – Let's try to provide some of that normalcy. Let's be safe about it. Let's be smart about it. But, hey, let's let's do this thing. And that was something, you know, I can't speak highly enough of Tony Ramos and just how well his brain works. And, and you know it. I'm sure you've seen it by now. He is 110% 25 hours of the day, really. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. There's not even enough to say about him and just what he does. And it was – I feel like we have a we have a little staff group chat that dings – all hours of the day, which I'm surprised it hasn't since we've been on. Um, but I, I feel like every every hour it was, hey, you know, I, we reached out to this person. They're ready to wrestle. We were really excited about this and that. And so it really just kind of came together over the course of a couple of days, a couple of weeks. And, I mean, as you saw, it, it couldn't have turned out any better, I felt, especially getting uh, Macy versus Emma as that headline match. That was something that really emerged throughout the process. There were a couple of options, and we just realized that, this is such a great opportunity and not even a great opportunity, right? Macy Kilty versus Emma Bruntel is a tremendous wrestling match. I mean, who wouldn't want to watch that? And we saw why, um, you know, on, on Friday night. So just really neat, like I said, to have the opportunity to have Macy and Emma headline that. Um, there were some great matches on the card. I mean, you, you look, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, you just had so many great names. Um, just great testament to, to everything that our staff did. And, and for, hey, people saying we're, we're willing to wrestle. We're willing to give this a shot. And that was really, really cool to see. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, that, that match was awesome, too, at the end. Uh, and and the matchmaking is a big deal, but you honestly, you never know what you're going to get, right? You never know what's actually going to happen. You could put two of the most exciting guys on the mat and, and nothing really happened. Um, or two people that nobody really knows, and it could be the best match of the year. Um, what, looking back, and I'm especially interested to hear your insight because, you know, you haven't been a fan for too incredibly long. What were your favorite matches of the card? Yeah, there was, I mean, there was tremendous wrestling up and down. Even the undercard had some really good action. Um, it's hard for me to look at it and say that Kennedy versus Mitch Feinsilver wasn't just a tremendous wrestling match. I mean, those are two guys who, I mean, I could watch both of them wrestle all the time. You look at you know, just stylistically and the way they fight. I mean, it was tremendous from start to finish. That was just six minutes of really, really good wrestling. They both put on a show. 
I know Kennedy said he was ready to put on a show, and, and he did. They both did and came down to the wire, and that's really what you want to see. Uh, really also enjoyed watching C.J. Brucky wrestle. Uh, that was especially neat just because, I mean, you got to see his motor. You got to see some of the special things that he can do. And watching him go out and, and compete uh, it was the one match where, you know, there wasn't – I believe it was the only match we had on the card that didn't have one of our guys in it. So I just kind of got to sit back and watch it. And they put on a show too. I mean, C.J. Brucky can wrestle. I was talking to him before the match and after the match, and we saw it there. I mean, the, just the, the amount of talent that guy has, but the amount of drive that he has, and, and you really saw it on display. So that was a lot of fun. Those two matches probably come to my mind most. Um, but the co-main event and the main event, I mean, they lived up to the hype. There were some really interesting storylines throughout there. thought, you know, Macy and Emma put on a great show. They both really, really wrestled well. Um, a great rematch. I know they're, they're one versus one and one now against each other, so that was fun to see. And just really, I mean, I was so happy with top to bottom, uh, the performances that were put on. Yeah, I mean, I think it it had everything you could have wanted. Like, there was literally everything in the card that I thought I wanted to see. I mean, even with the main events, right? I think I don't think it's necessarily the best thing when the main event is the most exciting, right? Because you're kind of like waiting for it the whole time, and it is exciting, but it's like, you know, six minutes. Whereas there was exciting yeah. stuff that happened the entire time, and, you know, I mean, obviously I'm probably a little biased actually being there, but there was, I mean... Just I was so engaged the entire time. I mean, you had some great matches in the early going with uh, Decatur, and then you had uh, Sammy Alvarez. Obviously, didn't go Carolina's way, but dude is insane. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, that that fine silver Monday match, absolutely the craziest match of the card, if you ask me. It was just back and forth, wild. I. I've talked. I've been fortunate enough to talk to both of the guys on the podcast before, and so I knew at least a little bit about their mindset and who they were. They're both great dudes. I mean, it it sucked honestly that one of them had to lose because yeah. they <laughs> they put on a show, man, and it was so much fun to watch. Um, it was. That's that's what you ask for. I mean, that's what you want. And you, like you said, I mean, top to bottom, it was fun. But if I had to pick out a match, I mean, that was the one that I would I would like to watch over and over again. You know. So at the end of the day, that's. That's the one that I think, you know, we can really look back on. And, you know, I mean, you look at Kilty and Brunson, you look at, you know, O'Connor and Highland, that was the card. But, gosh, that, that match was pretty special. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and, you know, the next thing that I wanted to ask and uh, kind of hit on a little bit before I let you go is the, the January 8th. Obviously, we were able to announce that. So January 8th event coming up, that's going to be the next Tar Heel Wrestling Club event, whatever it's called. Um, Spartan Combat coming down. So Spartan Combat RTC, for those of you listening that don't know who that is, that is the Cornell RTC. What all went into to that matchup? What, how did that come about? Yeah, that's another one that really we're, I mean, couldn't be more excited about. I mean, I think a lot of people, I saw someone on Twitter saying, gosh, we haven't even finished with, because we announced it on air, haven't finished with this one and we got another one going. And um, just another, I think both sides looked at it as a great opportunity to provide some normalcy to a very abnormal time. Um, that's, that's what it came down to. And, you know, they were all on board. And I think we were, even as we were planning this event, you know, Tony Coleman, everybody said, Hey, let's, this is something that we can do. Uh, we can do it safely. We can do it smart. We can do it in a way that showcases our sport really well. And I mean, if, if you kind of can see what's coming, it's, this is going to be just another great opportunity to do that. Um, really excited. There's a lot of things in the works right now. 
uh, that everyone's kind of working through and it's going to be a special event. And I mean, we were excited. I know you and I to tease it the other night and still couldn't be more excited for this because it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, it actually got announced during the main event because I forgot to announce it when it was supposed to be. Um, you texted it to me and I was all ready for it. And then I was following, you know, the script of all the ads and just blew through, like it just completely went over my head and I'm sitting there at the main event and I'm actually reading the ad and I'm like, Oh, okay. I gotta, I gotta announce this. This is going now. We're doing this now. Um, so now, nah, but it ended up working out and I think it, uh, you know, I think there's worse places to announce a huge announcement than the main event where everybody is definitely watching. Um, But, you know, one of the parts of that is we confirmed that guys like uh, Yanni Diakmahalis and Austin O'Connor are going to be on the card. Um, I know that Earl and I got into a little bit on the broadcast talking about a matchup with Yanni and O'Connor. I didn't know if that one was actually confirmed that they were wrestling each other or not. Uh, Can you tell us any about that matchup potential? Yeah, definitely a potential. Matchups have not been set yet, so we're kind of excited to continue to work through that and just see what the best fit is going to be for both sides. You're going to have you're going to have a lot of big names on this card. A really a lot of big names who are really excited to wrestle. Just so much wrestling talent. Um, I, I know I keep going back to it, but what a great opportunity all around to get some of the best you know athletes in the sport to get together and compete. I mean, what more could you ask for? And you know, we think that it's going to be again just another special event where we can put on some really great wrestling for the athletes, the fans, everyone involved. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Haven't confirmed matchups just yet, but that's definitely coming uh, very soon here. So we're excited about that. Yeah. Um, And I got to ask before I let you go, got to ask, is there anything you can tell us about the card coming up? Yeah, I think uh, there's going to be, there's probably going to be some names on there, the high names at the senior level that you you might think are coming for this, that that probably are, uh, that probably are. So I know Yanni and Austin were on the graphic, and that was just the start. Um, you know, people are going to see some really, really good wrestling. And when I say really, really good wrestling, you're going to see really, really good wrestling. So, you know, everybody that maybe you're thinking about, yeah, it's it's going to be fun, and we're excited to announce it. So. That's awesome. Well, I think everybody can uh... – if you know anything about Spartan Combat RTC, I think you can probably guess who who Joe's getting at. Um, several big names up there, and you know, hopefully we get to see all of them on there. Um, but I know I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Um, and yeah, man, thanks for coming on, though. I really appreciate you stopping by and, and chatting and telling us a little bit about the event and giving us your insight. Hey, absolutely. Like I said, I've said it before. I'll say it again. We we appreciate all that you do. It's really, really special to have um, just content and exposure for everybody. I mean, our I say our sport now because I've been in it for three years, so I don't feel like I can say that, but I, I say catch myself saying it a lot. I mean, our sport's great. This sport of wrestling is just super tremendous, and there's nothing like it. And I'm really appreciative that, you know, the wrestling community and people like you are starting to buy in and say, hey, this is worth it. You know, this is worth kind of taking time and, and really promoting what we can promote. And so – I just want to let you know, you know, we're very appreciative of you. And uh, I heard some great reviews from you and Earl on the call the other night. People say you guys did a great job. I haven't listened yet, but I have a feeling they're right. Good deal. Well, I definitely definitely had to break it in a little bit the first couple matches. Uh, Might have completely seized up for a couple seconds at the very beginning of the first one. And Earl looked at me and laughed, and then we got it rolling. But, uh, Earl. yeah, we got it going, man. It was a lot of fun. But uh, thanks again for jumping on and talking. Definitely have to have you back on at some point. Would love that. Appreciate it, Jacob. Thanks for all you do. 
Absolutely. All right, good talking to you. All right. And with that, we are going to probably move on to our next guest here very, very soon, waiting on him to jump on the call. Um, but yeah, Joe, Joe's the man. Uh, every single time I've ever needed anything, he has been there. If I've ever wanted to reach out and interview somebody or had any questions about anything in college and how it works, um, I mean, Joe's just been right there for me. So if you're watching on, by the way, I... I I apologize. Something went wrong with the restream and ended up streaming to my personal Facebook page. Um, it should be on the Mac Geeks page, but once we get everything done, I'll go ahead and I'll fix it and I'll put it on the Mac Geeks page. But um, we actually have our next guest calling in. I'm very excited to be bringing him on because he's the absolute man. Um, but we're going to bring him in real quick. I got Mr. Sam Herring on with me. Uh, how's it going, Sam? It's going fantastic. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you. I, uh, I've been sitting here like triaging because I, I was doing everything earlier to get this thing set up and I had it mm -hmm. all perfect. And for some reason, it is streaming to my personal Facebook and not my actual Mac Geeks one. So gotcha. I had to go and share it everywhere. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. We'll get the kinks That'll worked out. That'll be all right. You got lots of friends on there, don't you? Yeah, I got a couple. Um, we'll get the kinks worked out, man. But, yep. Anyway, yeah, so I just got off the phone with uh, Joe over at UNC. Joe's the man. He's, I was saying, he like, he's helped me so much with all kinds of different stuff. He's always there when I got a question. And not only does he answer me, but he's like, he'll answer me two minutes later. Like, he's just right yeah. there. Um, that's so. always, that's always great. I love the people like that. Yeah, man. So you, uh, you moved up to PA recently. You're uh, going to be heading for, mm -hmm. is it Bishop McCourt, right? Yep, that's that's the plan for now. Heck yeah, man! What all? What all went into the decision to make the move to PA? Because I know you were a Tennessee boy. Yeah, well, um, we've been we've been thinking about it for a really long time. So, um, some people know this, some people don't. I am the sixth of seven children, um, so the the family move is a is a big deal. So, uh, when we ended up moving. Um, the decision that went into it, like the things that went into it was my next oldest brother is five years older than me and he just went off to college. He's at Ole Miss. And um, we had talked about my eighth grade year because I'm homeschooled. So before I go to high school, um, like getting an RV and just going out all across the country and traveling and wrestling everywhere. Um, but a couple years ago, and I, you know me, I do a lot of research on everything and that includes my own wrestling. Um, and so I had done a lot of research on a bunch of different clubs. Um, I'd visited a lot of different clubs and um, obviously one of them was Young Guns. And so we came up here and um, uh, we came up here and we went to a camp and absolutely loved it like the first time we came here. And um, it was fantastic. So once we did that, we started to come a little bit more and a little bit more. And so after that, um, we started coming more and more. And eventually, um, we started thinking about moving, and here we are. Um, it was a lot easier to do it, and um, everything fell in place. And so, yeah, it's great. We love it here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing your, your high school career unfold because I was fortunate enough to get to see you wrestle at Dixie Nationals. And, uh, man, uh, not only are you good at talking the wrestling, but uh, actually doing the wrestling. So. Well, that's that's my first love. That's that's why I talk so much wrestling is because I I just 
I can't get enough of the sport. And I know a lot of people have heard my story, but um, I mean, when I was little, I'd come home from practice and try to wrestle my little brother and he'd get so sick of it. I'd be like, okay, what else can I do? And so I Googled wrestling videos. And so, um, you know, that's just, that's where my whole love for, for everything tied to wrestling media, whatever that is, it's all come from, from my own wrestling. And so being up here where there's so many like-minded people and I just got back from practice, we had two workouts and, um, it's just everybody has a smile on their face the entire time. I've never seen a club work as hard as we do. And um, it's it's so much fun. Everything I do is with, with my friends, and we work our butts off, and we see our goals. And our friends are my, my one of my best friends, Eric Gibson, is going to Cornell. And I see him go and place at Super 32. And my other friend, Bo Bassett, just wins outstanding wrestlers at Super 32, and they're all state champions. And so we can see our goals right there with our best friends, and what they're doing in the room every day. And so it's really, really cool where we are. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you got to surround yourself with the people you want to be like. Um, For sure. And it's always better. They, they say not to be the smartest person in the room. I think it probably applies with wrestling too. Probably don't want to be the best person in the room because uh, you're not getting any better at that point. But well, we're all we're all making each other better. I know the best kids in the room are still getting so much better. And so yeah. um, we, we push each other every day and, um it's it's not just to get through practice it's to outwork each other but with a smile on our face and when we're finished we love each other um and we'll go hang out but um we all want to outwork each other every single day and so that's just going to make us better dude i can't wait for the uh i can't wait for the matt side interviews when you win an ncaa title because you're gonna be yeah. way way more I prepared i want to thank my coaches oh, that's no. what i see like every guy do it and i'm like i i hope i can catch my breath enough to actually give a good one but at this point i you're an expert in talking so uh i think it's gonna be great but uh yeah man so we had awesome wrestling this weekend uh, i wanted to jump into it with you it's the whole reason for bringing it on uh for bringing you on because who better to talk wrestling with so um first let's uh let's jump into that tar Heel wrestling club card and then we will transition over to the flow card uh, and just kind of chat about both of those a little bit, if that's cool with you. All good. Let's do it. All right, man. Um, well, that Tar Heel Wrestling Club card, I'm actually going to throw it up on the screen. I just wrote an article on my Rockfin channel, so uh, everybody can go check that out. But um, I'm going to throw it up on the screen there. And there we go. Here we go. If I scroll down, it should work. There we go. Awesome. Um, I'm going to scroll down to the actual... Um, results right so uh i know did you get a chance to sit down and watch the whole thing i did not get to watch the whole thing no but i got to look back and watch a couple matches um and i know these guys pretty well so yeah and i mean i don't the plan is not really to go through every single match right that there's no point in doing that but just kind of hit the highlights of the matches um Mm -hmm. and then also like my highlights that i took away from the entire event um but yeah man so i mean it was a great card from top to bottom, and I just told Joe, like, absolute kudos to putting that together. And that whole UNC staff over there, they all worked really hard on it. Now, um, tell me about what it was like to, to call that. That was your first time calling an event. That was, must have been a lot of fun. Was it stressful? Oh, my God. First time ever commentating. So it was – a big. That's a big one to start with, too. Like, that's a card. Yeah. Everybody's watching your mat, everything. When I started, it was nobody was watching my consolation round of 16 number two. Like, <laughs> Dude. I was thinking, like, I'm preparing the week before, and I'm like, can, 
Why couldn't I have just called like a high school match where there's like six people in the stands? Like that would have been great. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I get there and, and start doing it. I, I told Joe the first match comes on and I just didn't say anything at all. Like I like <laughs> introed the guys like this is this, this is this and then just sat there and said nothing. And Earl started talking and then he looks at me and like laughs and because he could see that I was obviously getting a little bit of stage fright. Um, but kind of got warmed up a little bit. And then through the, the prelims, kind of, I was a little quiet. But um, after the prelims, fortunately, we had a break. And I was able to call my wife. And she was giving me pointers. She was like, hey, mm-hmm. talk a little louder. Stop saying yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I said that a million times, apparently. So. I, I always do that. Yeah. And but it was good. I mean, it was good that I called her because honestly, when I called her, I was in my mind, I was like, this is a train wreck. Like I'm absolutely just awful. And she was like, no, you're doing good. You just got to speak up. Stop saying this word. Like you're good. It's like, okay, cool. That gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah. The rest of the way was, was a lot of fun and I could definitely like feel it, get me myself getting stronger as it went on. Um, I'll tell you what, um, the one thing that like, it's good to start at a tournament calling matches rather than like a, a duel or a card because there's so much like, especially at a, a tournament where there are so many different wrestlers. So like I started the scuffle or the super 32 are great ones because the whole time, what like the thing that you're using your mental energy on is trying to find which match to go to, not uh, like freezing up. What are people thinking of me? And so that makes it easier for, um, for calling matches, I don't think I've ever called, like, an individual card. I've called one match at who's number one, but I was just, like, a guest for one match. But um, I've never done, like, a full card or duel. Well, like, it was also – it was complete baptism by fire. Like, like you're saying, <laughs> if it was, like, a tournament, I think it would be great because, for one, like, I know you, you actually jumped up and moved mats, but uh, if, even if you didn't or even if you did, like – it's just kind of like match by match, right? There was right. nothing else really going on. It was just like, all right, focus on the wrestling, talk about wrestling. Yeah. My other thing was I had to do the, or got to do the post-match interviews. and Oh, boy. I didn't know you did that. Yeah. And uh, the first match, right? I'm sitting there watching wrestling, just talking, whatever. Completely blanked that. And so I'm sitting there, and right as the match ends, Earl's like, and we're going to take it out to Jacob for some questions. And I was like, oh, yeah like jumped up and grabbed my mic and ran out there and um I mean, thankfully i pay attention enough to wrestling to where i can you know i can ask questions but uh yeah honestly that's a challenge. it like i think it went really well i just think in my head there was a lot of stuff where i was not up to par for those first couple of matches um but it got good and uh by the post end, post match interviews are hard i remember when i did those at final x with jude and we would like we would alternate because they didn't do it like that where they don't start the next match until the interview's over. Like, the guy would run off the mat. They'd, like, chase him. We'd have to, like, run with them to the interview area and then interview him. We'd get back, and the other match is almost done. So we don't know, like, who's winning. We don't know what's going on. Yeah. So it was – post-match interviews are hard. Well, that's the thing, too, is, like, especially – I don't know. I just put way too much thought into it. And I was sitting there and mm-hmm. I was trying to write down like four questions I'm going to ask everybody and this and that. And like, you definitely need to have some questions lined up. Like there should be like three or four questions that you got in the bank, but 
Right. Just watch the match and like ask about what happened. You know, like AC Headley absolutely bombed Nestor Tefer and mm-hmm. I got to, you know, why not ask him about that? Um, you know, Mitch Feinstein. Willie did a really good job of that at the NLW yeah. last time. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm so glad Willie's back. It's, uh, it's good awesome to see him back. But yeah, man, I mean, there were so many good matches and like going through just like off the top of my head from the start, uh, Billy Janzer is, for one, he is giant. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. Absolutely yoked out of his mind. Huge, uh, intimidating to talk to after a match, especially when he just mm-hmm. beat a man 10 to nothing. Um, but he looked good. Um, that Decatur Solver match, if you haven't seen yet, was a good one in the beginning. Um, and, you know, the other thing, uh, Callender, Brett Callender, uh wrestled Josh McClure. And these are the prelims I'm talking about. Uh, Callender right. is actually a, a D3 guy that he's a, a runner-up and a third-place finisher D3 uh, and came out and beat McClure 12-5. to And McClure is the projected starter at UNC. Um at 157, so that was a big one for him. But uh, I don't know if okay. did you get to see the prelims at all? I don't think no, you said none of the prelims. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we won't talk too much about that. But I mean, they were good matches. Um, I would have never guessed McClure would lose to him. Yeah, I mean, it was, never it was impressive. I mean, mm. Calendar looked good. He, he just kind of came out and took care of business. Uh, I don't think it was anything like bad about McClure. I don't think McClure looked bad or whatever. It just, you know. Callender just kind of came out and took control of the match and did his thing and dictated what was going to happen. Yeah, um, there are a lot of results in there that, that kind of surprised me. Yeah, what else? Like, what did you think? What surprised you? So, I've always been super high on Heilman. Um, and I know, I, how do you pronounce Aguilar? Aguilar? Aguilar. Aguilar. Um, I know he's good, but man, a tech, 10-0. Yeah. Um, I've always been high on Heilman, too, so... Yeah, I never would have picked that one. Um, Alvarez over Tag, I'm, I'm thinking I wouldn't have second-guessed that one. But, um, I mean, Fine Silver Monday doesn't surprise me just in the fact that Monday looks like this every time and he goes up and down. So um, I probably would have picked Monday, but it doesn't surprise me that he lost that one. Yeah. Um, man, I mean, like you said, Aguilar looked awesome. I think that was a thing. And the other thing for me is wondering where Heilman's at with his weight. Uh, because I know, so he was 25 as a starter two years ago. Last year he redshirted and went 33 and did way better in redshirt. He was like 21 and mm-hmm. seven or something like that. Um, and then coming back this year, I know he's going 25. So I don't, I don't know who the starter is, right? But I know that he's at least making yeah. a run at 25. Um, and so I'm wondering if it was a weight thing or not. I mean, I think I still probably would have favored Aguilar in the match. Um, but, yeah, the 10-0, like, I just think Aguilar looked really good and Heilman didn't look like what I thought I was going to see. Like, he didn't look mm-hmm. the, his best version of himself. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was a good match, though. And, man, Rutgers has got it going on up there. They did, they did really, they really well. Do. Um, they always do, though. I mean, with, I and I think the biggest, and I, I don't want to cut the coaching staff at Rutgers short, but I think the biggest change that they've had is the RTC there, and it's changing the game. Yeah, and I mean, you see Princeton having the same um, forward like 
the slope, growth slope. So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's really due to them. I mean, Reese has got to be the perfect dude to have coaching it too. I mean, right. Wealth of, of knowledge seems. I mean, I've never talked to the guy, but just seems like an absolutely He's great a- person. You know, seems like somebody you want to be around and go in and yeah. train even more. Just, I mean, heck, because he's there. Um, and then on top of that, you got some of the best athletes around the nation working out there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, the other one you you kind of hinted at a little bit. Like, I definitely would have picked Alvarez over Tag, um, at least right now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know Tag's very, very um, highly recruited. I, I think he's a guy that's gonna have a really successful career. Um, but I, dude, Sammy Alvarez is a monster. I mean, he, he destroyed tag and I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. I saw the win. I didn't see a 10 0 in the first period domination. Um, Alvarez has that capability. And man, I think if he can get his, I guess, pace is the biggest thing and he can kind of clean up some of the mistakes that he makes he's going to be he's going to be a force to reckon with. He's going to be so good. Yeah. And I think another thing that kind of surprised me about him is I've been watching him, you know, for a year on all these cards and the Rutgers duels and everything, and he looks like he looks big on camera. Guys. He, he looks huge and he is. I mean, he's big for the weight class for sure. Right. But it was funny going out and interviewing him and I was like, he's not as big as I thought he was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously it makes sense. He's a 133 pounder, right? But um, and he's big for that weight, but yeah, uh, you know, he was, I'm not a big guy and I was bigger than him and it surprised me. Um, but he also was a very intense interview, like asked him, you know, how it felt to be back and all this kind of stuff. And he was just very like to the point. And he even said at one point, I don't want to let anybody get confidence. Like I asked him like, what's the point of wrestling in these cards and all that kind of stuff. He's. It's like, I, I don't want to let any of these guys get confidence on me. I don't want them to think that in any way they can be better than me. <laughs> like, all right. That's crazy. That's a, we, that's a good mindset to have, though. Yeah. I mean, he was just intense, like very intense. Um, I think it was fun to interview Becca Goo from Russia because – Really? He, Tell yeah, me about that one. I didn't, like, I, I didn't get to watch any of the interviews. Uh, I mean, it was a good match. So him and Guida. Guida's good, but Guida actually hasn't been on the mat in a year and a half. Um, so I think it might've been a little bit better of a match if, if he'd have been, you know, getting a couple of competitions under his belt before, but, um, nine to three win Becca Goove, he kind of wrestled, wrestled that Russian style, like right. very like defensive and kind of like picking where he was going to attack. Like, he was very, very calculated. You know, you like when you watched him. Mm-hmm. After, especially after he got up a couple of points, you watched him and he, you could tell the dude's just sitting there like analyzing Guida and figuring out like when's the perfect time to shoot. Yeah. Um, and so that was, it was cool to see a, a Russian guy wrestling up close. I know he, he wrestles for, um, for them up there at, uh, he's at the NJRCT, I believe. Um, I think so. RTC. But, uh, yeah, he was fun to interview after cause he spoke very little English. And so, he mm-hmm. uh, kind of answered my questions like best he could. And I only asked him two and I asked everybody else like three or four and yeah. it wasn't like disrespectful, but he was definitely like, he was struggling. And that's your saying. So yeah. At who's number one, it was really weird. I was so confused because we had a, 
we had three interviews, like were the main interviews with the wrestlers. There was the press conference the, the day before. There was the like post-match interview on the mat. And then there was another interview afterwards, like in the back room. Yeah. And so Ed, Ed, that was when Echemendia like had just come up to America. And Echemendia in the press conference spoke uh, like a little English, just really was struggling to put sentences together. And in the uh, after the match interview, he had to have a, a translator because I guess he just was out of breath and couldn't really think very much. Yeah. Um, and then the the interview in the back room, which was only like two minutes later, he did it by himself without the translator. I was so confused. I was like, man, are you going to do it with the translator? Are you going to speak full English? I was so confused. But um, yeah, it's always weird when you don't have a guy that you can completely communicate with. But. Yeah, no, he did. He did his best job, and uh, yeah, I got through with two questions, and you could just tell that he was like struggling a little bit, and mm -hmm. I was like, "All right, I'm I'm done. Like, I I don't want to put him through this again." Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, but it was it was cool watching him. Um, Headley and Tefer or Tefor. Um, actually, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go back to me and you on the screen, but um, Headley and Tefor was an awesome match. I, I mean. I, I'm going to be honest. I, I expected Tafor to get the win. Uh, he's a three-time world team member for Columbia, and you know he was top ten of the world at one point. He he was cool to research because um, I don't know if you've researched him at all, but he actually he wrestled for Boston University before they yeah. got dropped. He's the all-time yeah. wins leader in their history, and he he came. I think he was around a 12 one time, so he never all-Americaned, but really cool tidbit that I found on him is he wrestled, it was either a 16-11 or 18-11 match with Alex Derringer in the quarterfinals of the NCAA wow. tournament that year that Derringer won his first title. And I mm -hmm. went back and I couldn't find every single match from Derringer's freshman year. Uh, but everything I found, it looks like that was the most points Derringer ever allowed in college. Wow. Um, was 11 to, to 4. So That's cool. Yeah, and I, I even talked about it a little bit on the on air, and Earl said apparently it was a fantastic match. Like he he remembered it like immediately. Of course um, he did. Yeah, Earl's so, a different breed. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I gotta go find it and watch it because like that's cool. Like I want to. I gotta know how somebody scored eleven points on Alex Derringer. On Alex Derringer, yeah. Um, Just saying, I would beat both you and Earl on a wrestling match. No, absolutely not. Um, yeah. Come on. No, I, I got too much size on you, man. I am, what, 172 this size morning? Size is just a number. I'm getting bigger, Jacob. Nah. Well, yeah, you're getting bigger, yeah, but what are you now? Like, what? <laughs> just like 105. I'm not 105. much bigger. All right. Yeah, so you can be a 106 as a freshman or, or whatever weight class it is. What is it in PA? Is it 106? 106, yeah, but um, I, I won't be a – I'm in seventh grade. I'll be a 20, 26 as a freshman. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I mean, I would win. So just go ahead Whatever. and put that out of your mind. Uh, probably not. But uh, the, And the, the further you push this along, the worse it's going to get because I'm just going to keep getting bigger and better. All right. So well, Yeah. No, I mean, as soon as – You better hurry up and get this done quick. As soon as we're in the same room with a mat, it's going down. All right. Um, All right, let's do it. But, yeah, man, so the Headley to Fur match was awesome. Uh, Headley absolutely bombed him in the beginning for four and I thought it might have been close to five but um it was just awesome position I think it was over double overs for Headley 
Um, and I asked him after the match about it, and he was like, yeah, man, like, not really something I've just, not like my thing. I've just kind of been hitting it in practice lately and just feeling mm-hmm. it, and it was there. <laughs> and so yeah, I love that, that was cool. But he he looked really good. I mean, 10-0 over to 4. Um, I didn't expect that at all. And so I'm going to be excited to see who he matches up with on their next card. They got, you know, Spartan Combat coming down in January. So looking to see who they match up. I asked Joe right before you got on. I was like, all right, you got to tell us something about what's going on with the card. Um, And he said, you know, I can't, like, release names or anything. But he was like, all those names that you're thinking of, they'll be there. (laughs) Cool. I got what you mean. Um, So that'll be really cool. I mean, obviously we know Yanni's confirmed. um, But... Man, um, you, you mentioned Fine Silver Monday. I think that was the most exciting match, possibly of the weekend, in my opinion. I mean, I know there was a lot of really good matches on the flow card, uh, but that, that match was back and forth, a lot of fun. Came down to the very, literally the very last second where Fine Silver got a takedown in the last second. They reviewed it, and it was literally one second left. He got a takedown. Um, and that's a cool matchup too because those guys have met twice before and fine silver has won both times before um and then you know monday was right there and arguably winning the majority of the match and ended up uh giving up that last second takedown but uh, yeah yeah and then lot grello or lout his name is lout clay lout Lout. Uh, these names are getting hard to pronounce jacob what are we gonna do oh i know i hope people to get some of their names um yeah, well, I called I called him Clay Lot to his face on my podcast. He never said anything, and then I asked Joe when I was there, and he said it's loud. It's like, oh boy, crap. Sorry, man. Um, but him and I'm sure you said that a lot. Yeah, I have. I've said it a whole lot, and so I apologize. To I've actually got to talk to his dad a little bit, and uh, he's a great dude, so I apologize to him too. Um, yeah, we but, love the uh, wrestling dads. Yeah, but Grello Lot or Lout, sorry, was it was a weird match because Lout got hurt in like the first minute. He was uh, he was in a, deep on a takedown, ended up not getting it, and then Grello got in on a takedown and just you could see Lout like fighting it in that kind of rubber knee position, and then. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that that position's so weird, you know, because like you've seen people bend their knee in the most unhuman ways and be fine, and right. then for him it was like not even that bad, and his whole body just like goes limp and like falls. Yeah. Um, and I actually, you know, I talked to the coaching staff and everything after, and they said that he's he's okay. Um, I guess it was just kind of maybe more of a scare or something, but um, right. But it, it, in the moment, it scared me, man. And it definitely had an effect on the match. That's what I thought the, the David Taylor, uh, what was it, Drew Foster match was. Mm-hmm. I beat the streets. I thought it was just a scare. I was like, man. And I went back and watched it after the after the card, and I was like, no way that was that bad. I don't know how it was. Something, something weird happened that I didn't keep up with. But, um, it's like all those soft tissue injuries, man. They're like, they always happen like that, especially if you watch football. Right. Like dudes tear their AC or their Achilles or something. You watch much football, Jason? Do what? I said, you watch much football? Oh, yeah. A lot of football. Like Georgia football? Yeah, I don't want to talk about that game that you're <laughs> referring to. You know where if, I'm going with this? If you want to, okay, so for those listening, I went to the University of Georgia. 
big bulldog fan, obviously, and uh, Sam's a, a Gator, so they got the best of us this year. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, we. You want to talk about the history? The last like five years we've won. Or no, something? I don't want to talk about that. Um, but I mean, I don't think. No, I think we lost to Florida one time when I was at Georgia, but we we definitely had a winning record while I was there. Um, yeah, it it hadn't been a good good record, but that's fine. Yeah, well, you know what? Like Georgia waited until after the Florida and Alabama game to figure out who their freaking quarterback was, um, which sucks because I I truly feel like if we had the guy we have now playing the entire year, like I don't know if we would have beat Bama, but I think we would have beat Florida because it was such a. I mean, I don't know, I don't know. Who knows? But keep whatever. We'll beat you next year. Um, okay. You're gonna lose to Bama anyway. So whatever. Yeah, we everybody loses to Bama. Loses to Bama. It's, it's all good. And Ole Miss will get Bama every once in a while, but that's about it. Pretty much. Um, Georgia's destined to get right there and lose every single time, except for this time. Mm-hmm. We got pretty crushed this time. Um, yeah. But the last couple of matches on the card: Brookie and Fine Silver. Um, Brookie, Brookie looked really good, man. And that was that was a wild match. I don't know if you got a chance to see that one, but um, that that was one of those matches where it ended in a tech, but it didn't feel that way. Like mm-hmm. ended in a tech, but I thought it was like 10 to nine when it ended, like it was so close and they were just going back and forth. Brucky got up 10 to one in the very beginning and then fine silver storm back. And then, you know, Brucky kind of took him out at the end, but it was back and forth. A lot of fun. But the last two matches are really the ones that I guess we can talk about on the card. Um, Obviously, O'Connor and Heil and Kilty and Bruntle. Um, what do you think about that O'Connor Heil match? So, I'm really high on both those guys. And um, when I ever like when I thought of that match and looked it up, initially I thought O'Connor, and um, I kind of started to trick myself into thinking more of Heil. I think finally I was going O'Connor, but I never would have guessed it would be that bad. And um, I'm, I really get confused with o- O'Connor because I feel like the more I watch him and the more like I watch his highlights and stuff and his interviews, I can get high on him. Um, but he'll have bad performances that make me be like, well, maybe I shouldn't pick him as much as I do. Um, but, man, he sure showed up, didn't he? Jesus, dude. I'm telling you, I, I don't know if anybody wants any piece of that right now. I mean, if that same dude shows up to in January, if we it's not confirmed the matchup, but if we see him with Yanni, I I can't freaking wait. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna pick him over Yanni. Uh, that's definitely a, a situation. Pick. Do what? I said that'd be a bold pick. Yeah, I mean Yanni's definitely like he's a guy that unless it's Zane, uh, I'm not picking anybody over him mm-hmm. until proven otherwise. Anybody? No. Really? Except for Zane. I mean, I know Joey McKenna got him, but I still would pick. Yeah, the majority. Like J O, you're you're still thinking Yanni over J O. Yeah, just because what happened last time. I mean, yeah, I hundred percent acknowledge that it could go the other way. What Um, about like Gwiz? Would you pick? Would you pick Yanni to beat Gwiz? Gwiz? Oh yeah, no, it's Yanni all day. Um, No, he gets stomped. But I mean, again, like if they actually do wrestle, Mm -hmm. I'll I'm comfortable saying. Not comfortable. Like I, I, I'll say Yanni's gonna win, but if O'Connor won the match, I wouldn't be surprised because he yeah. looks so freaking good, man. I mean, 
It's bold. I thought Heil was going to win. I, I really did. Just because of, like, we haven't seen O'Connor wrestle freestyle in so long. And we've seen Heil. He's been one of the top guys on the circuit. And, you know, I wasn't the biggest Heil fan, uh, definitely, when he was wrestling in college. Because I, I didn't like the whole danger rule. Like, the danger rule is the danger Dean Heil rule. Um, I didn't like how, how he kind of hung on. But I... Th- I've become definitely way more of a fan of him freestyle. I, I think that he's he's very good on the circuit. And so I expected him to win just based off of experience. And obviously, he's a two-time national champ. Yeah. But, dude, uh, Heil, I mean, not Heil, uh, O'Connor is a bad man. <laughs> I think in my article, my title was O'Connor is not of this world. He's <laughs> extraterrestrial or something like that. I mean... Dude, like, that front head position is, like, that's his position. Like, so good there. That's problems for anybody that gets into it. Um, I mean, he's, he had takedowns on Heil where he's in that front head and just kind of put his head in the hole and walked around where it looked like fourth grader drilling. Like, it it didn't look like anything crazy, but you could tell, like, how tight it was. And I don't know. I mean, I just, it, it was it was amazing, man. Um, yeah, but eleven to he's nothing. A he's a stud. Yeah, I I really hope that we see him and Yanni. That's I really hope that. And I another thing also that I put in my article I is I don't know who else would go against Yanni from there. Uh, I mean Jo. You could see Jo, but I don't think so. Um, Why not? I I just don't think that they'll. I mean I I think both Yanni and Jo would be down to do it. Um, but I think mm-hmm. from Carolina's point of view, I think you, I think you want to see O'Connor get the shot. You know, you know how good Yanni is, and O'Connor's on a hot streak. I want to see how good he is. I know. T- I talked to Ramos, and he said he even put it on Twitter that losing that chance at a national title this year like poured gasoline on the fire for O'Connor. Like he's been yeah. an absolute madman in, in the room and training and everything. So I would be too. <laughs> Yeah, so I really want to see him and Yanni. Um, another one, oh, okay, so I got to ask you about that one before we hit that last match. That Spartan Combat uh, Spartan Combat coming down to Chapel Hill. Obviously, the guys at Spartan Combat, you know, Vito, Yanni, uh, got both Deans, you got Kyle Dake, um, several other really good dudes up there. What are, are there any matchups that jump out to you that you'd like to see? All right, so... Um... I want to see Monday get a shot at anybody. I think Spartan's got plenty of guys around his weight. Um, but Monday, he has so much untapped potential. Um, I really want to see him take on anybody, really. I'd like to see um, Monday Yapujan. I don't know if, if Yapujan's even going to wrestle freestyle, mm-hmm. but I'd like to see that one. I Yeah, I, I think on a, on a good day for Monday, I don't think that one's super close. Um, yeah. Yapujan's good. But he, I don't think he's on Monday's level on a, on a good day for Monday. Yeah, like on Monday. Yipujin had a good year for a freshman last he year. Did. He, he did. He did have a pretty good year. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, um, Yanni. But I want to see some of the younger guys, too, from Cornell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you got, you got some guys coming up. So I want to see some high school recruit matches, maybe. So Greg Diakamahalas. I know we all want to see him go at it. Um, and then Josh Saunders is just coming up. 
maybe we could see a Yanni J.O. and then Saunders, um, uh, Heilman. No, O'Connor. I mix those two sometimes. Um, Saunders, O'Connor. Now, I think that would that would be probably a blowout by O'Connor, but at the same time, it'd be a really good test for both guys. Well, I think if you put if you put J.O. and Yanni, I think Saunders is the only guy really to put with O'Connor. Um, right. Because, I mean, Vito's too small, and he's, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. One and match, then another guy is um, Julian Ramirez. I know we all want to see him go at it with anybody. Yeah. What about uh, Foca? Foca's at... Foca's good. He's at 95, but I don't know who would go against Foca from yeah. UNC. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know who they could throw out there. Matchup, I would like to see, but I doubt would ever happen. Uh, I'd like to see J.O. and Dake. Don't think that would ever happen. Mm-mm. But because I mean, definitely because of the size, but I don't know. J.O. can get big. Don't doubt that, man. Well, just... Jo's like his offense is so great, and, and Dake obviously, you know him and Jaden, possibly the best defense. I'll tell you what though, I don't know if you can get a better duplicate of Jo than Jordan Burroughs. Yeah, oh, that's what Those I'm saying. So familiar. Is we'll get that match. Do what? I said we'll get that match. I dude, I hope that would be an absolute. Barn, not barn burner. That's not gonna be nothing with Dakes gonna be a barn burner. That'd be an absolutely just awesome, exciting match to watch. I'm gonna yeah. say that. Who knows? Maybe Dake comes out and shuts him down, and it's like six to nothing. No one knows, but um, yeah, I would definitely pay for. I'd pay twenty dollars just to watch that match. I mean, we thought that Jo versus Jason Nolf would be entertaining. It's true, very true. That was horrible. That was horrible. Yeah, and I never want to see those guys do that ever again. Yeah, Chimizo Dake wasn't even that exciting to me. Yeah. I think we saw that one coming, though. Yeah. I don't know, but, I mean, was that the last time we saw J.O. with Nolf? Hmm. Might be. Because I know that he's been chomping at the bit. Like, he's been really wanting to run it back with Nolf and really wanting to just get back on a card, so. Don't go back with Nolf. I do not want to see that again. Yeah. That was pain. I might, I might, uh. I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. If they do it, I'm going to watch it. But I definitely you know, will. Watch it. Not, I can't get out of that anymore until it's proven otherwise. But yeah, I'll, yeah. If they announce Jo Dake, dude, that'd be awesome. Again, you gotta you gotta realize that you know Jo would be giving up some size for sure. But still, it'd be fun to see. I don't think Dake's going to want to compete on another card. Either. I don't see him coming I down. Yeah. I think he's full steam ahead for Burroughs. I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It, yeah. Kind of. I don't know. but I feel like you need some more tune-ups. I don't think you want to go into wrestle Jordan Burroughs. I mean, I think Jordan, Oliver, like you said, that'd be a great tune-up. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, but I don't think, think he'll do that. If you're listening, I know you're the only person that listens to my podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> wrestle Jim. But Look at this. just happened to be in my lap. Take bombs. There we go. That's a cool shirt. Um, it is. All right. So that last one, though, last one that happened, Kilty Bruntle. Um, it ended with Kilty getting the victory, three zero. Uh, it was, it was not like extremely exciting, but it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was good to see from, I don't know, just 
if you're wanting to see some like crazy match, then it wasn't for you. But I think it was a really fun wrestling match to watch, and I think they were very calculated. And there was a lot of very uh, of high level wrestling going on. Um, Kiltley only able to get the one shot, but you know, both women firing off shots and yeah, you know, plenty of action. Um, what did you think about that one? About the result? And you know, women's matches in general are very technical. I've I've gotten myself to watch a lot of those, um, and I think wrestlers in general that are trying to get better from watching film should really start watching people like Helen Marillis and Forrest Molinari and Adeline Gray, like some of the stars right now, um, because there's so much to learn from them. And so I've gotten to to really start watching some of their technique because it's a lot different than what the men do. Yeah. Um, they won't have the same power that men do, and so they they have to wrestle a little bit different. And they've been wrestling boys their whole life, and so they have to find ways to to get out of the, the strength that um, they're kind of at a deficit with, and they do a dang good job at it. And um, it's great to watch high-level technique like that that I don't really see on the men's side. Um, but as far as the result goes, it's not much different than I expected. Um, I, I really feel like Kilty is one of the best right now on the scene, um, but at the same time, Bruntill is, is right there behind her, and... Kilty's never been one to blow out a match with somebody like right below her. Um, she doesn't have a super high pace to kind of open up a match, but um, I mean, nothing really surprised me there. Yeah. Um, like you said, I, I think Kilty's so good. I mean, both of them are so good. That was a fun one to they research are. because Kilty's so young. Yeah. She's, I think, 19. And mm-hmm. she, she, as a freshman in Wisconsin, got second in state with guys and girls yeah um so that's impressive in its own right and then after that she decided to move out to otc and train and you know win like five or six world medals including a world championship she's She's unstoppable i think that this year i don't know call me crazy i i think i think she's at least going to make it to the finals of trials i'll call you crazy i don't know about that one i think she is man i i don't know she's been unstoppable lately um definitely a homer i, I like the acc but uh i i don't know I, I think she can make a run at it and i think we could possibly see her represent the u.s um and i hope we do but we also had another big tournament going on um mm-hmm. at the same time which takes me off because i didn't get to watch it live um but i was so wound up when i got home from commentating that i just stayed up until like 3 a.m watching all the matches um, yeah, I got home and I like, I told my wife, I was like, thanks for waiting up, but like, you can just go to bed. Like, I, I'm not going to bed. <laughs> I'm so jacked up right now. I just need to do something else. Um, but man, that, that flow card, that flow event, uh, the first ever RTC cup, it, it delivered. I mean, there was some great matches. I was talking to Jack last week and I'm interested in what your take on it. I don't, I'm not a big fan of like having people on the team that isn't affiliated with your RTC. But at the same time, I understand where we're at right now. And not every RTC can right. field a full team. It was, it was too short of notice. Yeah. It was too short of notice that the RTC cup came up too soon to fill a full team like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. I agree with you and trust me, I'm on the middle school scene where clubs are bringing in kids that aren't on their club and, it it's like a big problem on the youth scene, and it drives people crazy. 
Um, so I've I've faced that. I and I, while I don't think it's always best, didn't they limit it to one per team? Um, I think so, maybe. So that's not horrible in my mind. Um, I think it actually might be best that way because, yeah. I mean, a guy like Drew Foster got some extra attention from the Cornell fans, and then the Cornell fans um, started to maybe get into more the the Panther Wrestling Club and vice versa. Um, and so I think it, I think it's okay, but maybe maybe we should start working more towards just the teams themselves. But, I mean, Jack's one to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously he was for, you know, jumping on with other teams. But, yeah. I mean, like I said, like I, I completely get it because the – where we're at right now, like, it's it's not possible, right? You can't just mm-hmm. have just Minnesota RTC, right? I mean, you're going to have to actually bring in some other guys. But I I really am looking forward to the future, and I would love to see a point where we have these RTCs that just have their guys, right? Like, Southeast RTC sends a team, and it's just Southeast RTC. And I think yeah. – I think – yeah, I mean, well, they were, they were with NJRTC, but – um, I would love to see that, and I think it'd be cool from a fan perspective because, like, I'm all here for you know getting a Tar Heel Wrestling Club shirt and like being like, all right, I'm a Tar Heel Wrestling Club fan, like just right. like I'm a fan of the Bulldogs for you know for football. Um, I think that's a really cool aspect that is needed for a professional league is being able to like have fans identify with teams. Um, so I was talking to a couple people that are never wrestled, just never really been involved in wrestling and just kind of came across and like the sport and like anybody that I can talk to about like that has that perspective I always want to talk to them because I am so blinded by wrestling is the best sport period you can't argue with me about anything like that it's the best sport and there's no question um and so people and I know you're like that and there are so many people like that um that I know that I started I like I get ton of them like why is wrestling not the most popular sport there is um, and so I'll talk to some other people that maybe see it from a different perspective and it's really cool to see it. So, um, they, their insight was that they might like the idea of instead of like NFL where Alabama players, when they graduate, play for the Alabama team at like pro team, yep. they like that idea. Most of them do say like, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, and we have that. I don't know if we – I saw some tweets going around. Uh, Nomad was talking about it. But um, just talking about separating it from the college funding um, and how that's probably the best path for the sport. And I don't know if that's true. I think we might be onto something here um, where it's tied to the college. And maybe we need to separate it a little bit more where the, the funding isn't so direct and the recruiting can't be you know moved around that way. But – as connected as we can make it where everything's fair, I think we have an interesting thing and that people will be interested in. I think it definitely should be tied to the college. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of different things. There's different kinks to get worked out and right. it, it'll get there. We have a long way to it, like a real professional league, but um, I mean, the, the path is getting clear. I, I, I wasn't as um, focused on a professional wrestling league before this summer and i'm starting to see a clearer path of how we can get there and man i'll tell you what what these different 
programs and media outlets and flow wrestling and Rockfin. Um, I mean, have your drama, whatever. This is so good for the sport. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Competition's great in any economy, any situation, any classroom, any sports room. It's going to make everybody better. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, I mean, um, like you said, yeah. I mean, whether you agree, disagree, whatever, flow, Rockfin, what, who cares? Like you're saying, it's been great for fans, right? Because right. you can see it with these things happening because, you know, the first event comes out, um, you know, the flow event, and then all of a sudden Fight does one. And then Rockfin, you know, and, and they're all like, not only are they all doing it, but they're all like kind of trying to get people to come over to their side, right? Like I know mm-hmm. obviously – you know, big Rockfin guy because all my stuff's on there. But you know, Rockfin is like, all right, you can, you can do everything on Rockfin yourself and keep all the money that you make. Um, and then obviously, there's the draw of like flow and fight, where these guys come in and actually do all the hard work for you and um, you know pay you, just give you a check so you know what you're gonna get. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, but it's and competition's great, like you said. Um, and speaking of that, we had a whole lot of it this weekend. Uh, the first three duels, so Pool A, or actually Pool B uh, technically, but it went first, um, is Ohio RTC. That was confusing. Yeah. Uh, Ohio RTC, NJ RTC, and Spartan Combat uh, were all in that pool. Uh, that first duel we got, we got Ohio RTC and a NJ RTC uh, wrestling. So let's see if I can pull it up on the screen. Oh, it might not let me. Um, there we go. Um, so it, the, it started off, I mean, obviously we got Jack starting it off. Um, Jack Russell, mm-hmm. Deshaun Garrett, that was definitely one that he was looking forward to. And, you know, he was able to pull out the victory there. That was a, it was a good match. Um, and I think Nation Garrett like beat up Jack's face, like pretty bad. It was, yeah. you I watched it, right? Yeah. It's like every time the camera zoomed in on Jack, he had a new bump on like his Like a face. black eye every yeah. like right here, then right here, then right here, yeah. right here on the nose everywhere. Like he won and I was like like dude, you might need to just chill and like not wrestle the rest of the weekend. You might lose your head. Like yeah. But um James Green at 65 with with Etchemendia. Uh Etchemendia seemed like he got hurt which mm-hmm. sucks because, you know, he was grabbing his ankle at the end. Obviously, James Green's kind of known for hurting people in those lace those laces. Um, he hurt, uh, was it uh, Ashnault, right? Um, definitely not a malicious thing, but apparently he has a pretty darn good lace. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh, he does. But, yeah, he, he teched at Which is ironic because you remember when he was out for a while because of James Green's lace. Who? Do you remember that? James Green was out? No, Ashnault was out. James yeah. Green laced him. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Um, yeah, I was saying, well, he James Green has hurt a couple people with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, that kind of sucked, though, because we didn't get to see Etchemendia at all after that. Yeah. But, I love watching him wrestle. He's so think, talented. What do you think about Sammy James? Ben told me for that, but he is so talented. And I'm not. I'm going to stand by that. He is so talented. Etchemendia? Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I'm excited I'm, to see him. I'm just going to Ben Askren because I don't want him mad at me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you think about Skinny James? I like it. I like the idea. If he can do it, and really, it kind of proved to me that he can. Mm-hmm. Since 
since the Marable thing, I felt like he really has not been uh, really efficient at 65. It's not a great weight for him, but I think with more planning and more nutrition and the way you do everything, I mean, we've seen guys make a good cut, and it's going to be dang hard on him, but it's not going to be too long. I think he can do it, and I, and I like the idea. Yeah. But uh, 65 is already deep enough in my mind, so um, I'll just throw a world silver medalist in there and we'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, his matches with Yanni were, were great. Um, after that, Karchla beats Mikai Lewis 9-2. to I mean, right on the verge of a tech. Uh, Karchla's <laughs> real, dude. <laughs> I, and, hey, look, I've got a little bit of a benefit from being a current wrestler, and um, – I've trained with, with him, yeah, um, and um, I know his dad and what he's doing with his dad and that program out there in uh, in Columbus, unbelievable. And I knew he was so, and he really he didn't compete very much. Um, his 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 dad's like whole philosophy is when you're young, no competing, um, and so he was really under the radar. But man, I saw him train with some guys like Jordan. And um, some of the other Ohio State guys, I knew he was going to be a killer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think we all knew he was going to be good. But to come out there and 9-2 and to two win over the returning national champ and uh, a junior world champ, um, it's impressive. And, mm-hmm. and he, I mean, if it weren't for Trent Hydley, then Carson Kartzel would have easily been the most outstanding wrestler of the weekend. Um, yeah. But after that, arguably, then, Vito Vito's good. Yeah, uh, Vito raised the stock for me too. Yeah, there definitely. are a lot of outstanding wrestlers. Um, Nate Jackson teched Sammy Brooks again, um, so that was fun. Those guys only know how to tech each other. Um, Cram. Yeah, Colin Moore tech over Ty Walls, and then Amar Desi four uh, two win over Jordan Wood. Um, it. I mean, it was a good duel. I think uh, – I I don't think anybody really knew how the, the Garrett-Mueller match was going to go. Um, Green, I think, was favored, obviously. Karchla was an upset over Mackay for the most part, right? I think now we know. But um, going into this, I think people would have favored Mackay. Um, no one knew what was going to happen with Nate Jackson and Sammy Brooks. But, Sammy, or, but Nate, Nate Jackson did get the last tech. Um, and then mm-hmm. the last two, I think, kind of fell out. People thought we were going to fall. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, we got a you know, bunch of stuff to get through, so we'll just kind of roll through. Um, after that, Ohio RTC turned around and wrestled Spartan Combat. We had Jack Miller wrestle uh, Vito Rujao right off the bat. Uh, that's one that Jack... We saw earlier. Um, yeah, that's one that Jack definitely... Uh, wanted right he talked about wanting he wanted it back he's 0-2 against Vito he's now 0-3 um, he, he lost 11 to nothing so that kind of sucked um, but Vito's Vito's good man I think Vito's name needs to be included in the 57 mix um, for sure yeah and then I'll just go through and I'll, I'll say what all happened and we'll hit whatever we want um, Yanni beat Sasso 12-2 uh, Karchla 6-0 over Javon Balfour. Sammy Brooks 9-8 over Drew Foster. Great match. Uh, Colin Moore 10-0, Jacob Cardenas. And then Don Bradley 5-2 over Amar Desi. So what did you see in this duel? 
So, um, heavyweight was really interesting the entire weekend to me. Um, but the really outside of the main three, they didn't, the other guys didn't really get much of attention. And, um, Amar Desi wrestled really well the entire weekend. He took some losses, but man, he kind of raised his stock in my mind to, to wrestle the matches that he did. Um, he really impressed me. Um, outside of that, obviously we've talked about Karchla. Um, that one, I mean, he's so good. He's going to be a, he's going to be a force to reckon with in, in college. Um, then Yanni teching Sammy Sasso mm-hmm. was fun because those guys scramble a lot and they scramble so much differently. Um, and it's really cool to see those collide. And when you get two guys that are just professional scramblers, um, you're in for a fun match. Yeah. And I mean, I just think at this point, nobody's really going to out scramble Yanni. Um, I mean, you gotta, you gotta be Zane and, and not let him scramble. Um, right. But I think 86 was interesting to me because I can't remember if I'm remembering it right or not, but Drew Foster loses to Sammy Brooks 9-8, to eight, and I'm pretty sure Foster was, like, on the verge of a tech, and then Brooks came back and won. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- yeah, that sounds I, about right. I think Foster was, like, up 8 to nothing, and Sammy Brooks came back. Um, but that was a really fun match if you haven't seen it before. Uh, but yeah, Spartan Combat okay. ends up taking the duel. And then the last one is uh, Spartan Combat and then NJRTC slash Southeastern RTC. Um, Vito beats Nashon 14-9. Yanni over James Green 3-3 three three on criteria. Makai Lewis gets the tech fall over Javon Balfour. Drew Foster gets the 4-3 win over Nate Jackson. And Jacob Carninez loses to Ty Walls, Don Bradley, 6-0 over Jordan Wood. What'd you take out of this one? What's that? You kind of broke up a little bit there. Um, so what'd you take out of this one? Spartan Combat RTC and NJRTC. Okay, yeah. So this one, um, obviously, there was like two big matches that everybody was like tunnel vision for, um, the, and they were the first two. And so we got to get those over pretty quickly. Um, Vito again. I mean, he his stock rose so much in my mind. He is he's such a talent and. Um, so skilled. I mean, I like I said, I'm obsessed with wrestling on an unhealthy level. Um, and so I have watched so much of Vito Rigel. He's awesome to learn from. I've been I've been wrestling with a little bit of his style, especially this last week after watching him. Um, and it's it's so cool to try to imitate him. And uh, and I know he's gonna start getting more and more popular. Um, He's not super popular, but he's so good. He's kind of under the radar a little bit. Um, he's gonna be, he's gonna be unreal. Yeah, and I think the big one for me was Yanni James Green for both guys. I think it was impressive that Yanni got the win. Um, obviously, James Green, you know, one of the top guys in the world. And then uh, on the other side, the fact that James Green going down in weight was three three with Yanni. It was such a great match. I mean. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm excited to see the trials because if you throw James Green into that weight, like, um, he could he Zane could finish Johnny James Green McKenna Henderson now, gosh dang yeah, so much fun. Yep, but uh, so that ends up four to two in favor of Spart- Spartan Combat. Spartan Combat wins the pool, um, and then the other pool 
if we're, we'll just kind of breeze through. The first matchup is Gopher Wrestling Club and then Cliff Keen Wrestling Club. Uh, Seth Gross takes out Zach Saunders. Uh, Alec Pantelio had a great weekend, took out Brayton Lee. Logan Massa over Edmund Wick. Miles Amin over Brett Farr. Hayden Zilmer over Timothy Dudley. And Tony Nelson uh, loses to Mason Paris. Uh, what was your, your takeaways from this one? Um, Seth Gross is dang good. Yeah. Um, just a little. Mason Harris is, is getting so much better. And Logan Massa is, um, not popular enough. Yes. Those are my three takeaways. I've said, I've said that, I, I mean, you, you know, I've been riding the Mason Paris train for forever. I'm a huge yep. Paris fan. And he like, I've been riding his train since Flow Nationals his senior year. Dude. That's when I started, that's when I started on him. He gets better every single time you see him. You know, like literally every time you see him. Um, and I I don't think Gable like ran away from the match. I think he, he was on the Bash podcast and he said like he kind of sets he, he he said that it sets up the match during the college season even more. Right. Because if they wrestled now, we, we would know what happened. Like he's like, it, it's kind of a, a fan thing, you know. Um, and so I kind of I respect that. That's pretty cool. But. I would have loved to see it, and I, I hope we get to see it again. I mean, obviously, Gable had a great weekend, but I'm on the Parish train, man. Uh, all aboard. But Cliff Keen takes out Gover Wrestling Club 5-1. to one. And then Cliff Keen turns around and wrestles Wolfpack, and uh, Seth Gross takes out uh, Darian Cruz. Pantelio takes out Kevin Jack. Logan Massa over Hayden Hydley. That was an incredible match. Uh, Trent Hydley... 10 to 6 over Abinator, Mike Mock over Tim Dudley, and then Gwizdowski over Paris, 18 to 8. That was another stupid, crazy match. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I know which two matches you're probably going to point out, but uh, right. what did you see? Well, again, similar takeaways. Seth Gross is dang good. Mason Paris is getting so much better. Uh, Trent Hydley is unbelievably good as such a young wrestler. Um, and Gwiz is a little bit more seasoned and, um, sometimes that's going to, that's going to win a matches, but I mean, I gotta be honest, I'm sorry for your ACC listeners and fans, but I think he's fallen off the train. I think it's time for a new heavyweight. Oh man. Um, I mean, so for this one, the big things for me, Hayden Hydley was up like, I don't even know, six nothing or something like like he was up by a lot and, and completely controlling the first like half, three quarters of the match, and Logan Massa just storms back and wins. Um that one hurt because I was I was definitely pulling for Hayden. Um but that just showed that both those guys are great. And then like you said, Gwiz actually Paris was up eight to nothing, about to tech him, and then Gwiz comes back and gets the eighteen eight win. So uh, I don't think that Gwiz has fallen off the train, like you said. He wouldn't have come back 18 unanswered points. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Just keep watching, and um, I think he's fallen off the train. He was dominant. You you tell me a year ago, would that would Mason Paris ever get eight points on Nick Gwizdowski and then beat him the next day? Never. That would never happen. And that's that's really due to Mason Paris getting a lot better, but that's what I'm talking about. Gable has gotten a lot better. Kirkfleet's gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. Dom Bradley's gotten a lot better, and Mason Paris has gotten a lot better, and I don't see Gwiz improving enough. I'll agree with that. I, I don't. I think Gwiz has been one of the. He's been the top guy in the U.S. for a while now, and you know, 
I think that the other guys just got so much better. I don't think it's really anything against Gwiz. Um, but the last duel on this side was uh, Gopher Wrestling Club and then Wolfpack RTC. Uh, we saw Jacob Camacho beat Sean Russell. Mitch McKee beat Kevin Jack. Tommy Gant over Evan Wick. Trent Hydley over Brett Farr. Hayden Zilmer over Mike Mock. And then Gable Stevenson taking out Nick Wistowski. Uh That's obviously the one to talk about here. So what did you think about that one? I don't really think there's anything else to talk about here. Everything else went pretty much as, as expected. Um, yeah. And I'm sure everybody was just sitting there wait, watching the duel, just waiting for heavyweight to come around. But um, I said it last time. I think it's the time of a changing of a guard. Um, Gable Stevenson, his time's come. Um, but yeah, I think I don't. I don't. I think. I think it's obvious that Gable Stevenson is the man to beat now. Um, and this happened for Gwiz. Gwiz had his time. He was young, and he started knocking off some guys. And he beat the number one guy, maybe lost another time. But eventually it was his spot. And that happened to Gwiz. I think it's happening to Gable now. And um, kind of reminds me of the Imar Chenzo thing. Uh-huh. Um, Imar got him a couple times. Imar had his success. And now, after that, Chenzo kind of took the lead, and um, and it was all him from then on out. And I think we're going to see something similar here. I know you don't like it, though, you ACC homer. It sucks, man. I mean, I, I know Gwiz personally. Such a good dude, and I'm, I'm definitely – He is a great dude. I'm not – I um, would never argue that. Oh, yeah, that. no. But, uh, yeah, I mean, dude, Gable's – Gable, Paris, Kurt Fleet, like you said, I mean, it's they're insane. So – it's going to be a fun one to watch, though, and I'm really happy that heavyweight's this stacked. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so then we get to the bracket and just kind of like briefly seeing if I can hit, you know, a couple of matches here and there because I'm definitely close to my stopping point as well as yours. Um, yeah, we got an early morning workout tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, just looking through, Karchla takes out Tommy Gant 2-1. to one. I think that was a big one. Uh, Trent Hidley uh, beats Sammy Brooks 14-7. to seven. And then uh, Colin or uh, Mike Mock beat uh, Colin Moore, which ended up sealing the duel for Wolfpack. So um, I think that was a huge win for Mike Mock. I mean, not like not a huge win. I mean, obviously he's that caliber and he's beaten Colin Moore before, but um, mm-hmm. that won the duel for the Wolfpack. So, um, but yeah, I mean, just again, Karchla, Trent Hidley are, are real. Um, in the other first round matchup, uh, looking at it. Nothing crazy. I mean, it all kind of went as as it should have went for NJRTC and Gopher. Um, and NJRTC gets the win and moves on. Nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, right. In the semifinals, Cliff Keen and Wolfpack um, got to see Seth Gross, Jacob Camacho. Uh, Gross ends up getting the technical fall, but uh, Camacho had a just blast double that was beautiful at one point. Um and so, you know, credit to him for that. Um, that Tommy Gant uh, Logan Massa match was was great, and so was Trent Hidley Miles Amin. Um, and then, of course, Mason Paris uh, beats Nick Wastowski at the end, ten to seven. So, uh, what about this one? There's a couple right. of big things happened here. There are a couple of big ones outside of heavyweight, finally. Um, but Tommy Gant knocked off Logan Massa, and I think that was a that was a uh, 
a reverse the flip the card um and tommy gant is is really talented but i feel like he's got a couple of things to to fix up before he's really top level um and then obviously man Hydley's unbelievable miles amin is a he qualified for the olympics right yeah he's an olympian he's an olympian okay top and five in the world. Um, right trent Hydley as a freshman or i guess he's a sophomore now but um was knocked him off and that is unbelievable trent Hydley is so stinking good yeah. um and then i mean there's not much else to say about uh, heavyweight i feel like we've we've talked that out um and i know you hate me but quiz is i think quiz is about done yeah uh, no, I mean, Paris gets the win. He flips the card this time. He, he finishes off what he was c- trying to do the first time. Uh, I think the one big thing, or the, the two things for me. Something uh, just hit me. I'm sorry to interrupt you. What's up? Something just hit me. Who are the, like, the, the big two guys at heavyweight right now are, I guess you could say Gable and, K- like, Kassar are two big of the guys, biggest guys there, right? Yeah. They're both leaving soon, right? What are you talking about for college? No, International. He's- yeah, well, why are you talking – like, Kassar is like – is Kassar even going to wrestle? That's what I'm saying. Um, so listen to this. Have you seen – okay, I'll take you back to 2018. How much marketing and posting and gear and everything did you see Kyle Snyder do? Uh, I mean, a lot. A lot. Yeah. 2019, still a lot. This year I've seen almost nothing from him. Almost nothing. Yeah. And there's a reason for that, I'm thinking. He's going up. That's a wild guess. It's a conspiracy theory that it just hit me. It could be. I've been wondering why he's not posting a single thing. I'm, um, I'm here for Snyder Paris. Yeah, me too. I would love to see that. I mean, I think I, I, would, I would favor Snyder, obviously, but um, I'd like to see what happens. I think he can go up. Um, I'm not saying he will. I would still pick him to go 97, but... Yeah, I don't know. Well, me. Like, what if he is, does go? Up? That'd be that wild. Interesting to say, because like, like you're saying, we know like Gable just announced basically he's done after the Olympics. It sounds like, um, you know, Gwizdowski, Who knows how long he hangs around? Um, so that I mean, that leaves Paris and Kirkfleet right there, uh, unless Snyder comes up. But yeah, right. I think heavyweight's gonna be so much fun to watch over the next ten years. Um, yeah, but. So, Hydley, the only thing I wanted to say about Hydley was that uh, Trent Hydley got a takedown on Miles Amin with a club. That very first, did you see that? That very first takedown, I saw that. Amin um, shoots in. I can't say that timed, that's what happened to me, though. So oh, I'm not perfectly timed club by Hydley. And I was watching it, and I was like, that dude just took down an Olympian with a club. Like, there, there mm-hmm. wasn't a shot there. He just clubbed him on the way in. I went yeah, I can't laugh. Um, it's happened to me a couple times. Oh, that was wild. Um, all right. On the other semifinal, we had Nation Garrett and, and Vito again, Yanni and James Green again. Um, I mean, er- everybody pretty much wrestled the, the same way. You know, we saw Vito again beat Nation, and this was a better Nation day two for sure. Um, I think he was kind of recovered from the weight cut, and he looked really good. Um, and. You know, Yanni beat James Green again, four to four on criteria again. Um, so right. if that tells you anything, I mean, both those dudes are right at the top of the ladder at 65. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know where it flipped, but it flipped somewhere. Oh, Jordan Wood, Don Bradley. That was um, it, yeah. That's where it flipped because this time around, NJRTC, SERTC, 
however the heck we want to call them. Um, they get the win. They make it to the finals. The finals is Cliff Keen versus the NJRTC slash SERCT. SERTC. That's a mouthful right there. What? Yeah. But alphabet we'll soup. New Jersey and Southeast. Like, <laughs> there we go. Next. Um, we can call it Taylor Ham. And if you want to say pork, pork roll, I don't know which, but you can call it Taylor Ham and biscuits and gravy. There we go. Uh, I don't. I don't even know what what Taylor Ham and all that stuff is. I'm I don't either. I've never heard either. So we're uh, we're the Southern boys. I'm gonna have to learn though. I mean, I'm pretty close to to New yeah. Jersey. I guess I'll have to learn. Um, no, look, everybody that gives me grief about leaving, I just tell them my whole mission of moving up north is to bless everybody with a sweet country accent. There you go. Even though I don't really have one, I still like to pretend that I do. You don't realize it. Apparently, we do, but. We don't really. I don't. It. I don't. I don't think I, I. I mean, I can do one if I really like try. I can start. <laughs> I can start this up right here, and I can start this up right now. And yeah. uh, if I if I want to, I can I can get it going. But um, no, I don't think I have have much of one. Um, yeah, man. But this this finals was was a good one. Um, hold on. I gotta I gotta update my wife and let her know that I'm still alive. <laughs> um, all right. So, back over here, um, Seth Gross, Nashawn Garrett was an amazing match. Nashawn ends up getting the 12-4 to win. Those guys only know how to put up points when they wrestle each other. Um, but after that, Pantelio wrestles Kolodzik, not Green. Uh, Massa gets the win over Makai Lewis. Uh, Miles Amin over Nate Jackson. Ty Walls over Timothy Dudley. And then Mason Paris over Jordan Wood. Um, what were your takeaways from the finals? I would never have guessed these two teams were going to be like the. I guess I was thinking NJRTC could be, but um, I was thinking some other teams would make it. I was thinking Ohio RTC would do a little bit better, but um, when I, when I saw the final and I like it just really clicked, I was like, I was thinking for some higher level matches. Like, I think the highest level match was Seth Gross Nation Garrett, and we saw a lot better matches than that in the pools and the prelims and. Yeah. Um, the finals is almost anticlimactic. Well, the crazy thing for me, especially, you know, being a Southeastern RTC fan, is we didn't see James Green. And I think if you put James Green in, I think he beats Pantelio. And then I don't know how Criteria would have fallen, but, like, that could have been a, what, $25,000 choice? I mean, or however much it was. Right. Again, I'm yeah. not the coaches, so I don't know what the decision was like or what's going on if something happened to Green or what. Who knows? But I, I just feel like that. That's I mean, that's obviously what I lost the team for. Not, yeah, it did. So that sucks. But uh, I would have liked I would have liked to see Green Pantaleo. I think that'd have been a fun match to watch. Um, but we didn't get it. And you know, again, you know, big takeaways are just like you said. 57, Seth Gross, Vito, Nashon, Jack. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of really, really good dudes that weight. Heavyweight's an absolute mess. Like, I think that there's definitely a pecking order. Um, mm -hmm. but And it's kind of a redefined pecking order now. But it's, it's going to be fun to watch moving forward. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to put a bow on this thing, man. Any other thoughts on the RTC Cup or, or anything coming up? No, um... 
thanks for having me on. It's it's good to uh to talk wrestling again. It's been a while. Um, my my life has gotten a lot more busy. So if any of you HMA fans are out here, I apologize. But um, it's good to talk wrestling again. It's been a little while, and I'm I'm thankful for you um for having me on. Oh, absolutely, dude. Anytime. Thanks for thanks for being available. Um, you you were able to jump on. Jack's uh, Jack's traveling and doing all kinds of stuff right now, and he's just not. Doesn't matter. I'm better than him anyway. And uh, you might be better than him. So um, definitely better than him. Hopefully, he's not listening because he might beat me up. I already owe him some push-ups. Um, <laughs> but thank you everybody for listening in. Sorry for technical difficulties. We'll make sure we get all this this live stuff situated and figured out. But uh, thank you for listening in the 25th episode of the Matt Geeks podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jake Pugley, and I will see you next time.